reading from the Epistle to the Romans, chapter 4, beginning with verse 25. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Jesus is speaking, saying, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify Me, because it is from Me that He will receive what He will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is Mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from Me what He will make known to you. The Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Were any of you sick as children? Anybody have that thing going on? Get nasty respiratory stuff? No, y'all were all perfectly healthy. I used to get sick when I was a kid. I had horrible allergies. My whole head would get stuffed up. My mother worked for the pediatrician in Rock Hill and the one that everybody got to see. So everybody knew my mama from getting shots and all that kind of stuff. And they would all tell me, oh, David, she just gave the best shot. I didn't even feel it. And I would always feel like she was persecuting me when she gave me a shot. So I didn't understand how they could say that. But one of the very things that I hated the most when I was sick, especially when I was sick with something that required a cough medicine, because you couldn't just roll over to Kmart and get 50 different cough medicines back when I was a child. The doctor prescribed one for you or sent it home with your mother. And then your mama would walk up to you with these wonderful beaming intentions of healing you and look at you and say, open wide, and I would want to run. Because I knew that what was going to happen next was she was going to put something in my mouth that tasted so foul that there was no way I could swallow it. And I was always right. This text from Paul, I think, is a way of calling us to open wide to something that can heal us, but that may seem threatening to us. Because most of us have a plan for our life and think we've got everything figured out. We know exactly how everything's going to wind up. We know exactly the path we're going to take. We know exactly the things that we want to have happen to us. And none of it includes suffering or growing into something that we aren't right now. Unless it's more wealthy or more property or more friends. Does that seem about right? 
Now many people in pulpits today will tell you that you can expect those things. That following Jesus will generate wealth for you. That you can speak words of faith into your wallet and your wallet will be full. That you will have no more suffering or any of those sorts of things. But it would seem to me that this text in Romans suggests pretty loudly that we may in fact suffer if we choose to follow Jesus. Did you hear it? Did he say if you suffer or when you suffer? It seems to me that Paul is pretty certain that things will come to us that we won't like. How should we approach those? Should we see it as nasty cough syrup or should we understand suffering that God allows to have some sort of purpose? I don't know. On these accounts, it would be easier to be a determinist and believe that everything that happens in the world God orchestrated to be exactly the way it happened. It seems to me that the New Testament doesn't really support that, so I can't adopt that view. But it does seem to me that the New Testament makes it clear that God is able. And in the midst of suffering, God can do something that will transform it and make it be for my good. That promise is in this very same letter of Romans in chapter 8. If you don't believe me, read it when you get home. But listen to what Paul says about suffering to us. Not only do we hope for the glory of God, but we also glory, he says, in our sufferings. Why? Because we know that suffering will produce perseverance. If you have ever suffered, you know that that is true. It calls to my mind the perseverance of swallowing that nasty stuff that they used to give children they called cough medicine before they invented some chemical that tasted like grapes. But it would relieve my cough. That perseverance will produce character. It will transform us and cause us to be different. And here Paul does not mean bad character. He means character that somehow more closely resembles the character of Christ who refused to walk away from His suffering but instead trusted God in the midst of it. Trusted that the Father's plan was pure. And then, dear ones, he tells us that character brings hope. The more we are transformed by God in the midst of our sufferings, the more we will have hope for the glory of God to be revealed, not just in us, but in the whole church and eventually in the new creation. Following Jesus is not an easy way. We were not invited to roses and smelly perfumes. But we were invited into a way of life that looks a lot like carrying our own cross to a hill to be killed. To lay down ourselves and be raised to new life in Jesus and live differently, to be transformed by the reality of Christ. That stuff that my mama was shoving in my mouth when she said open wide was supposed to transform me and heal me, wasn't it? I thought about that when I thought about what Paul is saying here. That God gives us peace. That God seeks to give us peace. 
and that that peace will be present in our suffering, that God is doing that through the Lord Jesus Christ who also suffered. And so when we suffer, we know the glory of God who comes to meet us in that suffering and pours out God's love into our hearts in the midst of it. And therefore, hope will not disappoint us because we are being healed by the love of God. But in the same way that I would fight with my mom, close my mouth, it's a wonder she didn't kill me trying to get that cough syrup in my body. Any of y'all ever wormed a hunting dog? These days they have this stuff you squirt on their food. Some of y'all do that, right? Or they have this little thing that must taste like an M&M to a dog because our dogs love it. And you give it to them and they'll just chew it up and smile at you and eat it. They don't know they're eating medicine. But back when I was a teenager, it looked like this. A round purple egg shaped like this that we had to take and shove down a beagle's throat with our finger. And that dog would look like a snake on the end of a rope, wiggling and trying to fight and get away from you, trying to bite you and do everything it could to keep you from shoving that, shoving that pill down his throat. Y'all don't remember that? Y'all all got to go to the vet, didn't you? But listen, just like that dog, just like me when I was a kid, we will fight this. We will fight having the love of God transform us. We will fight it if we are not careful. Because what we want is for everything to be about us. That is part of our fallen nature that is being healed in us. We want to be self-minded and self-directed. We want to make all our own decisions. We want to receive everything for ourselves. We want the fruit of our labors to be ours alone. We want to be able to accrue as much junk as we can possibly have. I thought about that just yesterday as I was unloading the rod box of my boat and just wondering what in the world would Jesus say to me if he saw this garage. And then I remembered that Jesus sees that garage. And then I felt this momentarily shameful kind of sense of my sin of accruing things and wondering who in the world could I have helped with this money that I spent on this stuff. And then I thought, no, it's not necessary for me to feel that way. And then I thought, no, it is. Because that's how the love of God works in us to transform our hearts, to show us that we are not intended for ourselves, that we're being transformed by the love of God, shed abroad in our hearts, as the King James says. Shed abroad in us. It's like God is walking around in the midst of your very, very being, slinging seeds of love in you so that you can bloom. And be a vibrant meadow that people can come and rest in and have peace in and know the peace of God that comes through Jesus because you have been changed. I want to be changed like that, don't you, church? I want the love of God to be so visible in me that people find in me a safe place But I also fight it. Because the more God changes me, the more I might have to do things I'm uncomfortable with. The more I might have to love somebody that I'd rather not really know. The more I might have to spend my time going to prayer vigils that are sad and hurtful. Like this one.
I posted this on Facebook this morning. I hope you'll go and find it. It's on our page. A prayer vigil for people who are victims of a shooting near us in a tiny town called St. Paul, just west of Somerton. Somehow the love of God should affect us to want to gather around people who are suffering and hurting so that we can be part of how God transforms that suffering and brings perseverance and brings character and brings the hope that does not disappoint because those people experience in us the love of a father. Does that make sense? I know I need that kind of healing. I need for the Holy Spirit to continue throwing those seeds of love into my heart that transform me into being something different and new. And I pray that I won't fight it. And I hope that, dear ones, you will take up that same prayer. That you will commit to not resist the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in you. Amen. Let us pray. Oh Lord, all around us we are beset by things that shatter our hearts and cause our minds and souls to suffer. So we ask that you would remind us that you are present with us in that suffering. And that you also call us to be present with others who suffer. Help us, Lord, not to resist the pouring out of your Holy Spirit and Your love into us so that we might love You and love our neighbors. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen.